morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are, no matter what time it is, it's a great day to be serving the Lord. Welcome to the Go Ye There podcast. I'm your host, Leland Johnson, and we're very happy to have you with us today. Of all the things that missionaries have to do, cold calling churches has to be among the most hated. Today, we're going to try and take the edge off. Let's head into the open. to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.3, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Now, I know that Paul wrote this nearly 2,000 years before Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, but you have to think that he had missionaries cold calling churches in mind when he wrote it. Whether it's deputation for the first time, trying to raise more support while on furlough, or for whatever reason, getting on the phones and calling pastors is just a part of what we do as missionaries. In today's episode, we're going to start off by talking with Pastor Denny Midori, who is not only a pastor, but also served as a missionary for many years. His experience in not only making, but also receiving calls will give us many insights. After that, we have a great mystery guest who's had years of experience in professional cold calling and will teach us some tips on how to make our calls more effective. Let's get started. Denny Midori is the pastor of the Cornerstone Baptist Church in Moore, Oklahoma, where he served since 2013. Prior to his pastorate at Cornerstone, Denny and his wife Angela and their three children were missionaries in Kenya for 10 years. I know that Pastor Midori's experience from both sides of the desk will be a great blessing to us today. Pastor, it's wonderful to have you with us. Thank you. Pastor, probably the biggest complaint that missionaries have is that pastors don't return phone calls. Having been both a missionary and now a pastor, how would you explain that issue to a missionary? Yeah, I would say that it's just part of the deficiency of our system. Well, I'd say it's probably kind of twofold. Number one, it may be that they have a system where the secretary just doesn't get those calls to the pastor. And on the other hand, you know, it may be that the pastor, just because of the way his approach is towards missionaries, kind of who they are, um, a lot of pastors do have a superiority sort of complex, and they look down upon missionaries, so they just don't really value would maybe returning a phone call to another pastor. I wish that wasn't necessarily the case, but uh, I've seen that. You know, pastors typically return phone calls to other pastors very quickly, but not not necessarily missionaries. Shouldn't be that way, but that's the way it is. And so, you know, like you said, I've been both a missionary and a pastor. Uh, relate to you know, both sides of that coin there. But, you know, as far as, you know, dealing with the uh, frustrations in regards to having a lack of pastors return your phone calls, I would just say that if a pastor doesn't return your phone calls, that's okay. You know, God knows, um, you know, who you are and what your needs are, and God will provide over time. And I wish there was a more streamlined process, but it's just what it is. And I would just encourage them to stay faithful and, and you know, and just kind of stick to the plan. Just to give us some sort of a gauge, how many calls would you say on average that your church receives in a week for missionaries? Well, you know, um, most pastors don't answer the landline, so I wouldn't have um, that um, 
answers to those kind of questions without asking our church secretary here. So I did ask that question to her, and I said, how many questions you know, a week or a month does she feel? And there are, there are weeks that we don't get any calls at all. So really, um, the best answer that we could provide on our end is on from a monthly perspective, not a weekly perspective, and she would average, she said, somewhere between six to ten calls a month. You know, speaking of secretaries, we all know that they're just doing their job by screening phone calls, but sometimes they can seem like the guardian trying to keep you away from the pastor. How do you get through the secretary to the pastor? I would just say that it's not necessary to get through the secretary and to get through the pastor, and that's probably... um, one of the things that a lot of missionaries will struggle with the most, and it's difficult because, like I said, I was there as a missionary. I didn't really understand these things. So in an effort to try to help the missionaries that may potentially listen to this and gain some insight, I would just try to encourage the missionaries with this. Secretaries, yes, they're just doing their their job, and oftentimes they are scripted by the pastor. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Unfortunately, churches decline. Uh, you know, we all wish it wasn't the case, but we all hear the stories and read those articles and see the statistics that are out there. And because of that decline, <clears throat> you know, in attendance, it means a decline in offerings. Declines in offerings means there's not as much money in the general fund or the missions fund. And so a lot of the churches that are out there are just simply struggling. And as a result, it's just hard to have a conversation with a missionary who is enthusiastic and on fire and ready to go to the mission field and serve God and do all these kind of things. And he's got this vision and this plan and all this hope and this enthusiasm. And so, you know, a pastor that sits behind the desk and he's, and he's looking at the lack of money. I mean, every pastor wishes they could help every missionary that comes along, but unfortunately, that's just not the case. So when you communicate to a secretary saying, listen, you know, this is where we're at right now in regards to missions, they're being kind of a guardian of the entire church because of the state in which the church is in right then. And I think that missionaries should find some contentment with the fact that a, a secretary can explain the kind of where the church is at just as well as the church pastor could. And I know that they'd love to get to the pastor so that they can, you know, give their, uh, pitch their you know, their ministry in a way that might open that door so that they can come in. But I would encourage them to stay focused on the churches that they can get into because those churches have real potential to, to financially support their ministries as opposed to just getting, you know, into a church with absolutely no confirmation on whether or not that church is going to be able to financially support them or not. What advice could you give to a missionary for when they finally do get the pastor on the phone? One of the chief pieces of advice that I would give a missionary is to realize that when a missionary calls and they're so excited about, you know, this calling that God's placed in their life and, you know, they've gone through their training and their education and if they're going through a certain board that they had to, you know, present themselves as a candidate, they've been approved and all of these positive things are happening. It could be that whenever uh, they call uh, uh, a, a pastor to try to to pitch this new ministry idea, you know, with such enthusiasm, they may be talking to a pastor that is going through all sorts of heartache and trouble, and and compiled upon that is to listen to, especially if it's a younger man, you know, that's got all this energy and enthusiasm and so forth about where they're going and what they're doing. I mean, some of the pastors that they're talking to may be like, I wish I was in your 
situation right now. You know, there's disunity in our church, and there's struggles, and there's this, and there's that, and and so you just you just have no idea what the pastor is going through on the other end of the phone. And so it seems like when missionaries come and they approach a church, usually by phone or email and so forth, and they do engage in a conversation, you know, with a pastor on the phone. Um, most pastors get weary and get a little bit worn with the fact that missionaries have this, you know, what can I get from you perspective. Uh, I've only had this happen, I think, twice. But I have had conversations with missionaries, and while we were talking to them, instead of them just focusing on their pitch, you know, trying to present their ministry and to see if they could get a door open to come in and present that ministry, they took time and said, now listen, Pastor, I know that pastors, you know, are busy, and I appreciate you taking the time. Is there anything going on in your life right now that I could be a help and a blessing to you? Is there anything that, you know, you could just, you'd want to talk about or, um, Maybe there's something I can pray for you about. Is there anything going on in your in your life or your day? Anything that's going on right now that you know you'd, you'd like to share? And they didn't word it exactly like that, but that's basically what they said to me. And that's very very rare. And so one of the advices that I would give to missionaries whenever they call is this: don't be so focused on what you can get from a pastor, but go in with that attitude that you're willing to put the needs of others above your own, which is what Christ taught us that we're supposed to do, and relationships between missionaries and pastors should be that way, where they're mutually beneficial, where each is trying to put the other's needs above their own. So I would encourage missionaries to approach conversations with pastors with, a, with an attitude of, what can I do for this, for this pastor, as opposed to, what can I get from this pastor? And it might help that relationship to um, begin from an entirely different perspective and it might flourish into other things that are a lot more uh, productive as two spiritual brothers that are coming together that may potentially don't know each other. And whether the financial support ever comes or not, the prayer support, which we all know is more important, may be there in a way that otherwise that pastor may just hang up and say, look, that was just another missionary that I had to say no to. And, you know, five minutes after the conversation, can't even remember his name. So I would I would encourage them to focus more on building relationships than just building a financial support network. Pastor, one more question and we'll let you go. Are there any no-nos or mistakes that missionaries should be careful of when talking to pastors? Okay, yes. What I feel like is an absolute no-no that oftentimes missionaries do is whenever they're having a conversation with a pastor that they present their request to come in and present their ministry in a way that applies unnecessary conviction into the pastor's life, that they have to be uh, basically forced into having that missionary in. Not every missionary does this, but there are some missionaries that do it, and oftentimes it's missionaries that have been doing this for a long time. So some of the veteran missionaries that come back on the field, and they're not on deputation, but they're on furloughs, but they're trying to seek new support or gain additional financial support. Some of these guys have become very, very good at talking to pastors in a way that walks them down to a path of being very convicted if they have to say no. And, um, and so there's these little tech, uh, tactics that they use and techniques that they use to do that. And um, 
not only is it wrong for that missionary to do it, what it, what it's doing is it helps to create this animosity between pastors and missionaries so that pastors sometimes carry that, those feelings of what a missionary did to them over to, you know, other conversations or other potential relationships that they're building with other missionaries. In other words, because of what one missionary put the pastor through, the pastor may react to missionaries in general as a group in a way because of the actions of one person. And so I would say one of the absolute no-nos from missionaries is never talk to a pastor that makes them feel falsely convicted about, you know, potentially saying, no, you can't come and present your ministry in our church. Because like I said, you have no idea what that pastor is going through. And you have no idea how big that pastor's heart might be in regards to wanting and having such a strong desire to have missionaries come in and present their ministries, be able to financially support them, be able to engage in special projects, be able to take mission trips, be with them, and kind of build and develop those relationships and so forth. But the fact is, the church is struggling, or the church may be dying, you know, and the pastor is struggling, and he may be going through some kind of depression, blah, blah, blah. You just never know what's going on in the pastor's heart and life. And so it's just never a missionary's place to try to use these techniques and tactics to make pastors feel bad if they have to say no. Pastor, your responses have been both a help and a blessing. Thank you so much for being with us and for sharing with us today. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be involved, and uh, yeah, hopefully it helps. Our next guest has a background in making phone calls. Not only has he worked successfully as a telemarketer, he also worked as a paid appointment setter for the largest insurance company in the U.S. And he was hired as a trainer for the fourth largest bank in the U.S. to train their bankers in how to successfully set sales appointments by phone. Today, we're so glad to welcome, well, me to the show. Now, you may be saying, why did he go through all that to pat himself on the back? I wasn't just saying that to be self-congratulatory. I want to share with you some things that will really help you. But I felt like if you didn't know my background, you may feel like I'm not qualified to knowledgeably speak on the subject. I want to give you three quick things that I've taught hundreds of bankers to do in making phone calls that I've adapted for missionaries and I used myself when we were on deputation. How effective are they? Well, let me say this. Cold calling is a learned skill, not a talent. Anyone can get good at it. But like any skill, it takes time and practice. Many times when people would hear how quickly we completed deputation, they would ask for our contact list. And they were always surprised to find that we only contacted a few hundred churches while on deputation. Now, with that being said, I made just as many calls as anybody. I made thousands of calls. Many of them were cold calls to churches that I had no affiliation with. But I made those calls in a specific way so that I was calling a few hundred churches a lot as opposed to calling a few thousand churches a little. And hopefully you can use these things, whether it's on deputation for the first time or furlough or any time that you need to raise some more support in order to get into churches. The first thing that you need to do is you need to use a script. Now, you may be saying, Leland, come on, you're telling me that after making calls for over 10 years, you used a script on deputation? 
That is exactly what I'm telling you. Now, you're going to tell me, I don't like using a script. It doesn't sound natural. Now, I want you to stop and think about that for a second. Think of your favorite actor that's paid millions of dollars to act in front of a camera. Can you imagine your favorite actor walking up to the director and saying, hey, listen, I don't like using a script. It doesn't sound natural. The job of the person that's using the script is to practice and practice until it becomes natural so that they can be successful. When you begin to use a script and you've practiced it, it'll do several things for you. Number one, it's going to help keep you on track. When you call a pastor, you're nervous, they're nervous about why you're calling, and it's very easy to get off onto a rabbit trail on things that aren't important instead of staying on track with the purpose of your call. What you find is a couple of minutes into the call, the pastor has lost interest, and he just says, well, send me a packet or something, and we'll get back with you. The other thing that a script does aside from keeping you on track is it also helps you to answer objections. Now, listen, this is important. You already know every objection that you're going to get from every pastor that you call for the entire time that you're making calls. They're not taking on new missionaries. Their missions conference is already full for this year. Just send me your packet and I'll get back with you. If you are not prepared for these answers when you get on the phone, you are not going to be successful. You need to think about what the objections are, think about how you're going to handle them, and think about what you're going to say to that pastor in order for them to put you at the top of the stack instead of at the bottom when they get your information. The the other thing that a script does for you is it keeps you from saying silly things. I cannot tell you how many missionaries would complain about churches not taking them on. But then we would sit at the hotel downstairs in the lobby, and we would make telephone calls, and I would hear them say these words. Pastor, it doesn't matter if you take us on. We just want to be able to come in and share the ministry. If you can't take us on, that's no problem. Now I want you to stop and think about that. The pastor has told you that they can't bring you in. You have then begged the pastor to bring you in with no thoughts of supporting you at all. Now, if you choose to do that, that's no problem. There's many times that we chose to go to churches when the pastor told us that he could not take us on because we felt led by the Lord to go there. But listen... If that's 50% of your meetings, you can't then be surprised that that church is not calling you back, that that church does not take you on. Of course they didn't. You told them, you don't have to support me. We will come for free. When you use a script, instead of saying anything you can to get in the door, you learn to say the right things to get in the door, and it helps you to be successful. The second thing is sell the gatekeeper. Now, gatekeeper is a term that we use a lot in business to talk about the person that stands between you and the person that you want to get to. 99% of times for missionaries, the gatekeeper is the secretary of the church. And missionaries have asked me, I don't understand how I can get past the secretary. And the reason that they ask that is because they have the wrong thinking. Listen, The secretary is an influential member of the church, and a lot of times they are the second most influential person in the church. The secretary knows everything that's going on. They handle the pastor's schedule. They maybe make the deposits and do things with the finances of the church, and sometimes, a lot of times, the secretary that you're talking to is married to the pastor. So what can you do? Number one, learn the secretary's name. Be kind to the secretary. 
try your best to let her know exactly what you're doing and what your burden is to give you a good idea of how receptive the pastor is going to be. I cannot tell you how many times the secretary of the church has told me, well, a lot of times the pastor will bring in missionaries to fill the pulpit, but it doesn't necessarily take them on. So there's no money in the missions account. We haven't been able to take on missionaries in a long time. You know, maybe you may want to try some other places instead of coming here first. Listen, when the secretary feels like they're on your side, they will do everything they can to help you. Who do you think is going to be taking your packet out of the mail when it comes in? as well as the five other packets that they've received that week. If you've taken your time to build a relationship with the secretary of the church, your packet ends up on the pastor's desk, not in the stack with all the other packets. And if the secretary walks into the pastor and says, you know, I had this great conversation with this missionary. They seem really nice. I think you should take the time to call them. What do you think the pastor is going to do? But on the other hand, if the secretary says, wow, that missionary was really rude to me on the phone, do you think that the pastor is going to be willing to schedule a meeting with you when the secretary has already told him that you're not the type of person that they want to take on? I think not. The third thing that you have to learn is a skill called what's the catch. Listen, to the pastor that you're speaking to on the other end of the phone, you are just another guy. You don't deserve or need the mission's money any more or any less than any other missionary out there. We're all on the same level. So since that's the case, and you know that ahead of time, you need to figure out what the catch is when you're calling that pastor. The first thing that you can do is you can figure out if you can find a connection. Now, of course, we understand that a recommendation from another pastor or from your pastor is the best connection, but that's not always possible. So sometimes you need to get creative. Listen, is there a member of the church that's a friend of yours that you can say, hey, I went to school with John and John is a good friend of mine. I would love to be able to come in and present the ministry in the church. If you can't do that, did you read the pastor's bio on the website? Did you happen to go to the same college? Did you look at the church calendar on the website and scroll back through the past couple of years? Did they have an evangelist in that you know? Do they have other missionaries from your missions board? Where did the assistant pastor go to school? Did he go to a school that you also went to? Those are types of things that you can take the time to figure out before you make the call that will make your call more successful. Aside from asking yourself, is there a connection that you find? The other thing that you need to ask yourself around this catch is, is there something interesting that the pastor has never heard before? Pastors want to keep their people excited about missions, and a lot of times new things will help them to do that. Let me give you an idea of what I'm talking about and try and put all this together. We're missionaries in Brazil, and Brazil has a lot of missionaries. So one of the objections that I knew that I was going to get was, wow, Brazil already has a lot of missionaries. We already have five or six missionaries in Brazil. We're not taking on more missionaries in Brazil. In fact, one pastor that I called said, brother, I appreciate you calling, but God knows if he would send me a missionary that wasn't going to Brazil, I'd take them on right now. Now, if I know that's an objection that's coming, it is my fault if I'm not ready with an answer to respond to that. My answer sounded something like this. You know, Pastor, you're exactly right. Brazil sure does have a lot of missionaries. But did you realize that Brazil is the size of the continental United States and has over 200 million people? For example, Pastor, 
Chile has about 17 million people, and all of them need the gospel. But the country of Chile is less than the population of Sao Paulo, Brazil's largest city, which has 20 million people. Pastor, you would need to send 12 missionaries to Brazil for every one missionary that you sent to Chile to reach the same amount of people. I said that to that pastor, and today that pastor is one of our supporting pastors. Why? Because I knew the objection that was coming. I was prepared so that he could go back and say to his people, no, it's not just another missionary to Brazil. Listen to what Brother Johnson told me about Brazil that I didn't know. Those are the types of things that you need to do when you're making phone calls. And if you can do them successfully, you're going to be more successful on the phone. No, you're not going to set every meeting. No, it may not help today. But as you work at it over time, as you make calls day in, day out, hour after hour, you will find yourself improving and you will find that you are getting into the churches that you call as opposed to just calling more and more churches. Well, I feel like I've done enough talking for today, so let's get out of here. In our next episode, we're going to delve into an area that gets many missionaries into sticky situations, social media. We're going to be talking with Pastor Freeman Weems, a Facebook savant, as well as Dan DeLong, candidate director for Baptist International Missions Incorporated about the issue. We hope that you'll join us. 